0: Cities, we are The Daves You Know. This is The Daves. I you want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we
1: both know I can't do nothing at all.
0: Welcome to episode 276 of The Dave's I Know. We got the full crew. A lot of
1: fucking episodes.
0: Way too many episodes. Way, way too many episodes. Uh, We got the full crew back uh, for the first time in a couple weeks. Jess, welcome back, Jess. How are you doing?
2: I am well. I took a nap, so I'm all uh, raring to go, and I have a glass of wine, and happy to be here. Thanks.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Uh, MJ, how are you been? How was your week?
1: My week's been great. I'm drinking a Summit Triumphant Session IPA and enjoying it. That is a good beer. I have my soda water with bitters, so cheers to everybody.
2: Cheers to Leatherface.
0: <laughs> All right, well, let's get going. Um, got a lot to talk about, obviously. Uh, we'll start with the Minnesota United match. Uh, Loon's, that happened this past Saturday. Loon's one Orlando two, uh, as what the a, fuck? as yeah as a- MJ puts it, the Adrian Heath Derby. Uh, if you don't remember, Adrian let's Heath not used to manage... honor
2: him with an entire derby dedicated to Adrian Heath. Like how shitty is that?
1: Wow, well,
2: he does not deserve his own derby.
1: I just want to say, without not going yet. back and checking the receipts on the Adrian Heath Derby history, this was a <laughs> a matchup that every year. The loons would win, even though they sucked balls.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: They lost and, it in they lost it in uh, the MLS's back uh, tournament, though. Remember, they lost in the semifinals. Yeah. Well, I was to
1: say recently, Orlando has had our number. So, like That's when true. we play, when we play better and are higher in the table, we lose this derby. When we were shit in 2017, 18, and 19, we we won this this derby. So, I I, I think if that doesn't just yell. Loons. I, I don't know what does yep exactly so
0: uh before the match uh we had our second tifo of the season from the wonder wall uh it's the tifo if you hadn't seen it there's really great pictures on social media um the tifo says we are on native land uh and was designed by sarah and i can't remember what her last name was Magazine House. Um, yes thank you mj um she is one of the founders of Heartberry. Um, a native uh, uh, indigenous uh, collaboration or um, design collaboration group. Um, they worked on they helped work on a shirt that we that the Dark Clouds put out. A what was it last year? I, uh, I believe last year um, was a sweatshirt. And then that um, uh, we also did a couple. We had a flag. Um, they've done a couple things. And then so they were the ones. They were the one who designed this. Helped design this tifo. They were the main designer, obviously, with all the work that the tifo team put into to paint it and everything. Um, there's some really cool pictures out there, uh, and then today there was announced that there's going to be a shirt uh, that is sponsored by all three of the Wonderwall SGs: the Red Loons, Dark Clouds, and TNE. It's not a it's not a Wonderwall official shirt. It's a it's an SG shirt. Um, it's in the Wonderwall store if you want to buy it now. Um, it's also it was tweeted out by uh, all three SGs: the Red Loons, TNE, and Dark Clouds. That's where uh, I tweeted, saw it. tweeted out links. Um, all of the proceeds are benefiting the walk TP center, uh, which is the, uh, charity, uh, nonprofit organization that Sarah suggested. Um, and it's a very cool design. I highly recommend people get the shirt. Um, Wonderwall is, I uh, you know, we're waiving as much of the, uh, of the fees. Basically we're just doing what we can to, you know, whatever we need to recoup for the, for the state, the government and everything, but all the proceeds, uh, from the shirts, um, will benefit the walk-in TV center so i know it's not a super long pre-sale but i definitely encourage people to check it out and, and buy one if you can so
2: this has yeah. got to be one of my all-time favorite TFOs. um i didn't know of the design going into the match and um then i saw the twitter tweet of the t-shirt today and i was like "Fuck yes that is a right up my alley and then sorry I think i mentioned this to you guys before but they were doing a promotion right like they were gonna pull five people out of a raffle to give a free minnesota united tattoo potentially did i tell you guys about that anyway i registered for that and if i win i totally would love this tifo design to be inspiration it was gorgeous and unfortunately, I didn't feel like the Apple Season Pass broadcast, they never caught it fully undone, but I saw it on the twits and the tweets anyway, and it was just lovely.
1: Shout out to all the Wonderwall people who did not light smoke and allowed a lot of good cameras to catch good angles of that tifo That's beautiful.
0: Yeah, I will also point out that it, I mean there was a, a little bit of, of trouble getting unfurled, um, which you know that is not anybody's uh, fault. Um, no. But yeah, the 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 cape the capos uh, match day decided not to do smoke at the beginning, just specifically for that reason, so that they could get. And then I, I rewatched the game or watched part of the game, um, the beginning of the game yesterday. Ragnar um, wanted to watch the match for a little while, and I was really excited because I'm hoping you, you see the tifo, but they Apple didn't do a very good job of showing it either so yeah um, definitely you probably won't be able to see it too much um if you watch the game on apple but um definitely check out the social media uh feeds of the of the team uh the dark clouds uh got a bunch of tim mclaughlin who um friend of the pod got some really great shots including one of me waving the actual heartberry flag in front of the tifo which is really cool the big extended uh, heartberry flag So, so he got he got the flag in the foreground and the tifo in the background it was really cool shot too so um definitely check those out so so yeah that was a really great highlight to start the game and then um the team actually started out pretty good in the first half as well we got our first uh start for the korean south korean song Bin jong he started at the ten in a uh
1: 4-2-3-1 not his his natural position not his natural position
0: but you know whatever it's it's agent heath why would you put someone in their in their correct position. <laughs> uh, the other sort of uh, changes, Garcia was up top uh, with Lude and Bongi on the wings. As you said, as I mentioned, Song Binjong was in the 10. Uh, Dotson Ariaga, the double pivots, and then the same back line as the week before with uh, Taylor Boxall, uh, Tapias, and Kamar Lawrence across the back. So Minnesota came out uh, really well and actually almost scored in the second minute. Oh, um, so close. Yeah, uh, uh, not, not, I was gonna say Brent Coleman, not Brent Coleman. Michael Boxel hits a ball, a, deep, a long ball to Mender Garcia, who uh, the, the ball was underneath it, so he kind of um, Boxel underhit it a little bit. Um, Garcia, to his credit, did a really great job of taking the ball down, sort of holding up play, um, and then he um, uh, passed it on to Bongi. You know, he, and then he took the man on, uh, clear like the cross to Bongi, who was un, unmarked. No one, literally, no one in front of him other than uh, Pedro Galay, the, the goalkeeper for Orlando, and he just uh, it, the ball just ricochets off of Bongi's foot shin. I don't know. He didn't get he didn't get a swing on it. It was just like it just kind of bounced off of him. It's like when I'm attacking when I play soccer and the, someone crosses the ball to me. And I'm all alone on net and the ball just hits off my like shin and just ricochets and I don't actually put my foot my foot through the ball so. That was a, a disappointing start to the game. Could have been up one nothing in the literally the like the first minute of the game. Um, it was not to be. Uh, another really great opportunity in the 40th minute. Uh, Lude, Robin Lude had um, his best game I think so far of the year, honestly, um, which is not saying a lot. He hasn't had a great season right so far. The fucker. Yeah. So 40th minute, maybe, Robin Lude makes. Well,
1: go ahead. I was just saying best game maybe because he's a natural right wing and not a natural ten. And he was playing on the, right wing, on the right wing.
0: Yeah, I know. Uh, in the 40th minute Robin so Lud makes, makes a great move, cuts back to Songbing Zhang, who's sort of just outside the, the top of the six, um, who hits who you know hits it really well, but hits it right at Galicia. And, and and Zhang takes it um first touch. He doesn't even let the ball he doesn't settle the ball or anything. And just really great movement by Zhang, uh really great movement by Robin Lud. Um and we'll talk a little bit about how I think those two I mean, I don't think Zhang as the ten is 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 the answer, but I think Zhang and Lude together could be something, and we'll talk a little bit about that after the match. So, any anything else from the first half that I missed, MJ or Jeff? No. It felt good. It felt good. It did, yeah. Definitely, they definitely outplayed uh, that, that. Again, we talked about sort of the second half of the Chicago game being one of the better second halves that the team has played. This first half was probably the best first half that Minnesota has played all year. Um, in terms of you know, imposing their will upon the other team, um, not conceding possession just to just to concede and counter, but actually like dictating play. Um, they looked really good for the first half, uh, and then, you know, they continued in the second half. So let's let's jump to the second half. Um, they, they, again, they continued to look really good. They had some really great opportunities early in the second half. In the fifty seventh minute, Will Trap, uh, and so. You can definitely tell um, towards the end of the first half and the very beginning of the second half that uh, Zhang Songbin has not played uh, a full match since, like, October of last year uh, because that dude was gassed. Um, So I think clearly, you know, the the idea was that he was going to come off, uh, you know, around the 60th minute. So in the 57th minute, Will Trap comes on for Songbin, which moves Minnesota into more of a 4-3-3. So they had been playing the 4-2-3-1, more of a 4-3-3 with Trap uh sort of dropping with Dotson uh and Ariaga and Lude um sort of moving up with Mender Garcia uh and this creates some really great opportunity um Bongi gets uh, uh the first goal for Minnesota his second of the season uh, uh from uh, Lude makes a really great run he finds Dotson with kind of a sort of a, a half of a chip um Dotson runs towards the the end line and just cuts the ball back to to Bongi. I'm not even sure Dotson knew if anybody was going to be there, but Bongi had been making really great runs in from the left. I, I will. I will also say, I think this is Bongi's best game as a as a as a loon. Yes. Honestly, I think he had this was his best possible game he's ever <sighs> had as a loon. Um,
1: Early so in Dotson, the first half, I was concerned because he should have hit Lude on a on a diagonal uh, pass back instead of like he went for goal on a really shallow angle. Yeah, but something must have been said at halftime because in the second half he was picking his head up and looking for teammates and those when he was go, running deep along the end line he he was trying to pass to his teammates more often
0: so in this in this instance dawson said so dawson gets a ball from Lude, um runs to the the end line and he just he just takes a, a he hits a really hard pass um i think basically two just two at the middle of the of the box and bongi's right there he does a really good job to to fight off the orlando defender and put his left foot on the ball and beats Galese, uh low. I think if he tries to put that ball up in the air, um, Galicay makes a save. But since he keeps it on the ground uh, right in front of the wonder wall, like I said, just an absolutely amazing goal. I think the first goal Minnesota had from the run in the run of play since um, the second or third game of the season, right? Almost all their goals have been off of set pieces um, or you know penalties. So this is an absolutely great mm-hmm. goal. Uh, Minnesota truly deserved to to be up at this point. Um, however, things you know took a turn for the worse. So, anything else from that goal that you guys wanted to, to highlight or point out? Other than that, was really good.
2: Made me out of my seat.
1: You you were talking about Lude and Sangbin having a nice combination play. I thought this was great with Lude and and Dotson showing their abilities to connect and. Again, when you're doing that on side run and or that deep run that Dotson does, like Luton and him have to be on the same page. And this is good chemistry for the future.
0: So the you know, the the formation change giveth, and I think the formation change uh taketh away. Uh because Orlando um starts and I don't know if Oscar Pareja um you know was waiting for this sort of this formation from Minnesota, um, or he just makes the the, the Requisite changes, but not eight minutes later, um, Orlando gets a goal. Um, this is uh, Angulo um, from Gonzalez, just absolutely terrible defending. So Minnesota, in, in playing their 4-2-3-1, uh, the, um, they play more like a 4-4-2 when they're defending in that formation, um, which means the, the 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 10, in this case, Song Bin Jong, who actually did, did some really good job in the first half, getting back on defense as well. There's actually one particular player member, uh, where he kind of gets beat and he chases the ball, the guy down and, and gets the ball and knocks it out. Um, for, I believe it was a, of, a, a throw, but he, you know, did the work to get back and, and make it, make the, you know, help out the defense. Um, so the four, four, two defending, they sort of the the, so the 10 and Garcia or Maria, who's ever up top kind of have a, a, a semi, a semi press with the, um, the wingers, you know, kind of sitting back and helping out where needed. They can step up if they need to to, to put pressure if the ball is on one side of the pitch. Um, but it creates an overload sort of for Minnesota in the midfield, so that teams aren't easily to to easily be able to bypass the midfield. However, um, with the four three three, they really defend. It's more like a four one four one, with Mender Garcia up top defending, um, putting the pressure on, and then. Uh, Orlando switched from, I believe they were playing a 3-4-2-1 to a 4-4-2 themselves, and they overloaded the left-hand side of Minnesota, or Minnesota's right, uh, Orlando's left, and they really targeted, unfortunately, targeted Robin Lude and DJ Taylor on that right-hand side. Um, That's where both of their goals started from. I will say that they were finished on Orlando's right, um, more or less both times, but they overloaded the left, which drew... Um, players to the to Gonzalez in the, in the case of this first goal, uh, he was able to then cross the ball to Angulo on the right, who was standing all fucking alone. I'm not sure there was a, a Minnesota defender within ten yards of him, um, and he just absolutely rifles one past Dane St. Clair for the first Orlando goal. Um, just absolutely terrible defending. Minnesota completely lost their shape once Will Trapp came in, and I don't, you know, I'm not just like blaming Trap for this. Um, the no. formation change, certainly, you know, the, 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 they changed the formation and they did not communicate that to one another. Um, MJ, I know you like to uh, harp on defenders not defending. What are your thoughts on this goal from Orlando?
1: Well, you said it really well that they overloaded their left-hand side and that meant Lude and, Do- uh, Lude and DJ Taylor had a lot to deal with on that left-hand side. What needs to not happen is have people on the center of the pitch and the left side of the pitch also suck to the right. They have responsibilities in the center of the pitch and the left side of the pitch that they need to mind their P's and Q's, if you will. They they need to pay attention to because all both goals, and we'll get to the second goal, but like it was a switch of the field from their left hand side to our right hand side or the, their right hand side. And Kamar Lawrence, he is sucked into where Mickey Tapias sh- should be. And if he feels that he has to mark someone there, that's because Tapias is getting sucked from the center to the right into Boxel's area and so on. It's just a domino effect. And so he to Kamar Lawrence's credit, he was on somebody. He was guarding somebody, but he was not aware that they were then overloading his side of the pitch. And, you know, you just can't leave someone wide open over there.
0: Yeah, uh, especially and, not Azulio. A that and, guy can and, and, score. Yeah.
1: Um. And so, what I what frustrates me about this is this is not an easy. Kamar Lawrence's fault. Kamar Lawrence needs to do better. This is a, this is a difficult team tactic fix, which means this is less on Kamar Lawrence and more on Adrian Heath.
0: Yeah, it was. Um... Yeah, terrible team defending. And again, like I said, things, you know, the formation change giveth and the formation change taketh away. Uh, In the 67th minute, uh, Amaria comes on for Mender Garcia and the team sort of switches back. Or, sorry, in the 73rd minute, um, Fragapane comes on for Hassani Dotson, in which case the team kind of switches back to the 4 2 3 1 they had been playing. Um, But at that point, sort of, you know, the damage is done. They have, you know, completely new player, you know, new players in sort of that, um, you know, middle of the pitch. And uh, it, it was just very disjointed from Minnesota from there on out. Uh, Minnesota had a chance to take the lead in the 85th minute with Amaria, um, who did the only good thing he did all night with a very nice little flick to Frogapane, who was all alone um, at the top of the six-yard box. But he can't beat Galicia. He literally just shoots it right at the um, Peruv, Peruvian goalkeeper, Um Who made a couple of great saves um I wouldn't even say great saves he made he made some some saves because Minnesota shot could not finish uh for to save the save their lives and shot the ball right fucking at him so
1: one thing I noticed in this game was Minnesota was trying to take one touches and that's good because defenses can't react as quickly this is a great one touch flick by Amaria and Frogapane to his credit takes it one time in the air and the he, you know, Amaria isn't flicking it on the pitch. Um, he didn't have a chance to do that. So it's it's bouncing a little bit. It's a hard thing to hit in the air. But in hindsight, if he brings that down with his right foot, goes to his left foot, he he beats the keeper. And I know Fragapani doesn't really have a left foot. <laughs> and I know it was pretty much incredible athleticism just to kick the ball in the air from how Amaria delivered the ball to him. It's just Really good goalkeeping by Galese to read. Yep. Fragapani is going to shoot this with his right foot. I need to line up here. It's going to go into my body. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah.
0: Uh, And then in the 88th minute, Orlando gets their, their winner. Um, Duncan McGuire comes on. He came out on a 75th minute sub. Um, Again, this almost the exact same. uh, Situation as the first goal. They Orlando overloads Minnesota's right. Their left. Um, every defender gets sucked out of position. Uh, ball is crossed to um, a wide open Angulo again. Um, DC, you know, Dane Sinclair, to his credit, kind of reads this and he comes out to cut the angle down. Um, again, Angulo completely unmarked. I don't think there's a loon within 20 feet of him, 20 yards of him. Um, he tries to chip uh, Dane. Um, it hits the bar, the crossbar, and falls right to Duncan McGuire, who again, completely unmarked on um, what I have no idea what the fuck Miguel Tapias was doing. Uh, he was just standing there looking at the, looking at the ball, looking at the goal um, completely un you know, unrealizing and not realizing that there are that Duncan McGuire was standing within you know, five, you know, five yards to his, his left. Cause he was looking at the wonder wall or he's looking at the goal at the time. Um, McGuire just heads the ball down and into the back of the net. Again, I have no idea what the fuck Tapias was doing um, completely. He was just ball watching. And uh, I mean, he was not the only person, again, who who had a, a bad, uh, bad game on, on this respect. So,
1: David, I was going to correct you that it is Yvonne on Hulo, but mm-hmm. I looked up on MLSsoccer.com and it is indeed Yvonne on Gulo, as you pronounced it. Good on you. Um, my frustration. The fuck, this- man.
0: <laughs> you don't think I pay attention what? to this shit? You don't think I pay attention to that shit?
1: I just want to give you some props in a way that made me look bad. Can I Thank get on to my point now? Thank you, OJ. Yes, please. Okay. So <laughs> you said it. Tapias is not where he's supposed to be. Tapias and Kamar Lawrence need to be mindful of the weak side because that's where the ball is going to come. And they weren't. They were not paying attention to that. And as much as I want to just – as much as I want to verbally berate Tapias and Kamar Lawrence for this – This is a defensive habit that needs to be instilled in training. This is a coaching issue. This is a team defense issue. Um, It is a very human, natural thing to want to watch the ball, to float your body towards where the ball is. The training to fight those instincts and to stay disciplined in your position and watch other people that the ball could go to, that's on the coaching.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it was... This one was tough just because, you know, the ball bounces, it hits the, you know, hits the crossbar, bounces away. But again, you, you, you need to be cognizant of who is in the box when you, especially um, when you are nowhere near any uh, of the opposing team's players and they get a, a ridiculously easy chip on, on net. Like, it you got to so know who's, who's crashing.
1: It is so hard when the ball is going into the box or the ball is going on net to not, as a defender, watch the ball. But the thing about it is, is once it comes off that crossbar or comes off Dane St. Clair, you need to be knowing where the closest Orlando city players are. And if you're watching the ball go off Dane St. Clair or off the crossbar, it's too late. Yep.
0: Uh, game ends in the 93rd minute with the yellow card for Kervin Ariaga, the first and only card of the game. Um, we didn't talk about this referee uh, who is, did not have a great game. Uh, as far as I under, am concerned, but, um, but again, he was calling it the same for both teams. I mean, he, he I think he should have been a little more aggressive with his whistle from the get-go. Um, but yeah, this is the only yellow card of the game. Uh, Ariaga gets it. Uh, and then literally about 10 seconds after the, the restart, the game was over. Minnesota loses 2-1 to to Orlando at home. Uh, that brings us to some, some stats. Uh, three home matches for Minnesota. They've led in all three matches. And they have taken two points from those games. Not uh not great if you are trying to um host a playoff game in uh, in MOS this is the again the, the, the you know Minnesota had um 44% possession uh to 56 for Orlando the xg for the loons uh 2.38 to 1.29 so clearly Minnesota had um better opportunities um they had more opportunities they had 17 shots to 12 for Orlando four on target again uh three of them directly at pedro golice uh, to two on target for Orlando. Of course, both of the Orlando City targets or go- shots went on frame and into the back of the net. So, um, yeah. Anything else to add from this game, uh, either MJ or Jess, before we do our Freddie Aduz? All right. No. I'm hearing. Yeah. Okay. Well, MJ, why don't you start us off with your uh, with your Freddie adues then?
1: Well, so to be really obvious, obvious what you said, this was Bongi's best game. There were times where he had his head down and he was doing stupid things in the first half. A lot of that got corrected in the second half, whether that's coaching, a player talking to him. He could have had three goals and two assists in this game. The bounces didn't happen. We shot at right at Galese or Galese made good saves because he was had good body position. But if you look at how young Bongi is, though – his performance in this game is something to be excited about. It's inspiring. This is something to build on for him. Bong is clearly my good Freddie Adu.
0: Uh yeah, I can't um I agree. <clears throat> I think he had like I said uh, earlier he I think this is the best game as a loon. I mean if you think about where he was a year ago, um he was yeah. coming he was coming off in like the 55th minute uh and and not doing anything really with that 55 minutes, other than running around a lot. Um He's still, his first touch is still not great. He still needs to to work on that. He still needs to work on his finishing, but he's getting into good spots. And that was not, that's not something he was doing last year at this time. Um By the end of the year, he was getting a little better at it, but hit, I think the, that step that he's, he's, he's in the right position. He's in the right spot. Now he just needs to work on the finishing component. And I think he, yeah, he's only, 22 years old. So he's still got some time. Um, but I think the progression that we've seen from year over year is really encouraging that he can get to that spot, that he can get to that place where he can finish um, finish goals. So,
1: Hot take, Zeller. Keith is not a striker whisperer. He's a winger whisperer. His wings for Minnesota United have performed way better than any of Heath's strikers. Come is- on,
2: Heath, whispering anywhere near me. <laughs>
0: that is that is very true yes i you know mj that is that's not even that hot of a take i think that's pretty much um we definitely know he cannot talk to strikers at all save for the life of him so uh jess did you have a good freddy do other than Bongi?
2: no i just echoed the Bongi support it's uh everybody jam now
0: <laughs> all right uh and then our shitty freddy is mj i think we are also aligned on this one once you once you take it
1: i've bang this drum all podcast long and so it is kamar lawrence but again with the caveat that mickey tapias and adrian heath and you know sean mccall coach defensive coach sean mccauley are all in this together this is just horrible team defense horrible backline communication horrible ball watching horrible awareness of what's going on the weak side of the pitch all of that and i hate it and you see teams like Manchester United and I don't care because I hate Manchester United. Like they can, they can be horrible on the weak side and ball watch all they want. But when my loons do it, it's fucking frustrating. Uh, Well, well said. (laughs) Jeff.
2: Um, I guess when I have Freddie adults, uh, they are egregious. And I have to say that there was nothing like super egregious that stuck out to me. Um, so I don't have a bad ado.
0: Okay. To do. You can be you can be the positive one on the podcast. That's that's good. So
2: I, I do my best work in the sunshine.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. since we haven't had it in a couple weeks, it's time for the return of Jess's post-match hot or not review. So Jess, take it away.
2: Okay. So as aforementioned, that sexy hot Tifo that I'm gonna get the t-shirt for. And you're going to be jealous if you don't get one, too. Hot. Bongi's post-goal celebration knee dance. It practically sparked um, a dance mob. And everyone knows that I have always called for a dance mob in the lunosphere. So I feel like I want that in several or at least just one um, gif, please. Uh, Internetosphere and um watching his loon dance made me smile also uh not, not hot at this point in the match post bonky goal i felt predictably in hindsight far too confident and i don't know why i continue to do this to myself but it's not hot and i would like to just cease and cease and desist this behavior I was also seriously distracted by the velvety pronunciation of Robin Lude by the play-by-play announcer. I don't know where they got him, these MLS people, but um, he could pronounce Robin Lude all day long. Talk loon dirty to me, baby. (laughs) Not hot. That both of my co-hosts met bad daddy zaddy, and I have not, and I know it's just because you were both devastated and threatened by my open invitation to Kaylin Kyle to dance off, so you were too afraid to bring me along to the He-Man Loon Supporters Club Treehouse Gang meeting. I didn't have the password, but I see you And I see further on in the agenda for this evening, um, I might get to even the score. Finally, temperature still pending. I feel like this season is the season where refs not blowing the whistle is the new black. Like, they're not calling shit. I feel like there's been a total like at least two-thirds reduction in, in fouls being called in the comparable game set that had been played to this point in previous season's matches history. Is this just me or a little MJ Anon? That's
0: a good question. I have no idea, and we're not going to bring up MJ Anon. So <clears throat> <laughs> we've already said it twice, three times, and it, it might they might actually appear the, on the podcast. We don't want we don't Well, that's want that. all I got. I'm meeting
2: Zaddy, and he's Uh, gonna remember my name. (laughs) Just you wait.
0: He, uh, we, we did when he started warming up after uh, Kamar Lawrence took a knock in the first half. He came down, and we were we were serenading uh, Zarek with some some very nice um, some nice things uh, as he was getting warmed up for the match. You need you'll need you need to come down to the Wonderwall sometime, Jess, because that's where they warm up. They warm up, and where we stand. We stand, me and Anna you know, stand shit
2: to the opponents warming up. If I am not,
0: well, that's a, I mean, that's a fair point. You are, you are I have one? to
2: pull my weight guys. You're I'm tick- all the way at the other end. They don't know I'm coming.
0: You take and one for the bam! team over there. So we appreciate that. So, uh, all right. Um, MJ, you have a, you have a question for us here.
1: Can Sang Bin be a 10 in Heath's 4231? No. Based on one performance, you don't think we need to like just give it some time, see if he can kind of figure it out. He can't be a ten because that is not his fucking. Ro- that's not
0: where he <laughs> fucking plays, man. Like the the ten is is like is so <laughs> maybe.
1: What's, What's that?
2: Miguel, he was ten number ten. Did he play the ten spot?
1: Yes, yes, he
0: did. Yes, so so the he 10 did well yeah so the, reynoso is a 10 um uh Lude often plays the 10 in in adrian Heath's system if, if Reynoso's out or for whatever reason um it, it it's a it's
2: surprised me that my taste tends to 10.
0: it's a it's a creative it's a creative position and i'm not saying that that uh Songbin is not creative i just think it's real i mean okay what well, i'll say this mj maybe given more than week and a half of fucking practice with the same guys maybe he could be a 10 but he's not played in that role i believe in any of his previous spots maybe in uh career in the k-league he did but i i don't believe so i think he played either as a nine as a striker or on or as one of the wings either a right wing or a left wing i don't believe he's ever played it as a 10 and um i mean we can talk about it now i think I don't understand why Heath refuses to play a four-four-two with um, Songbin and um, either Mender or Amari up top. I think Songbin and Mender up top would be fucking devastating with Robin Lute as a, as a right mid and Bongi as the left mid. I just don't understand why Heath refuses make to make it play happen.
1: That. Make it happen because yeah. it it's obviously the formation that gave us success on the road. Why don't we try it at home? Yeah, I would just
0: I I would just like to see this team play in a four, four, two with, um, song And like I said, either Mender, preferably Mender, but Omri up top and, and at least see what they can do. So, all right, let's move on. Uh, Minnesota United FC two, they lost their first match of the year to North Texas, uh, who I believe was one of the best teams in uh, the MLS next pro last year, uh, lost two, one down in Texas. Um, first non win for the tunes. Uh, they scored the first goal of the game. Zayden Bello um, pounced on a ball, but then I didn't. I didn't get a chance to watch this game. I thought this was going to be on MLS season pass, but it was not. And then I just didn't want to watch it on my computer. So MJ, did you catch any of this match or any of the? This was one catch? of the first
1: uh, twins games I did not catch in any way, shape, or form. So I, I'm sorry, I can't give you a lot of uh, intel, or you know, I didn't watch the highlights even. Okay, cool. Uh, all right, we'll move on
0: then uh, to other United news. So there's going to oh, be a – Oh, go I ahead. I just want to say this.
1: The one highlight I did see of the North Texas goal was it's nice to see that the Toons are doing horrible weak side ball watching and not paying attention to things just like the senior team is. So Okay, well, there you go. All right, and
0: in other United news, uh, the – Three supporter groups that make up the Wonderwall, um, the Wonderwall um, umbrella organization, the Red Loons, TNE, and Dark Clouds, are hosting a uh, SG supporter social um, from six to eight on Saturday at Black Stack Brewing. As you are well aware, the Minnesota plays in Seattle on Saturday at nine thirty. Uh, so this is a means to get, and it's not just, it's not just limited to the three SGs. Anybody who wants to come can attend if, you know, if you're not a member of a supporter group, but it's a means to get some of the SGs together. Um, there's been some people who listen to this podcast know there's been some tension between the SGs in the past. And this is just one of those things to sort of help clear the air. Um, there's been some really good conversations between leadership of the SGs. And so they just all wanted to get together, um, said Red Loons, TNE, and and Dark Clouds to hang out, have you know have some beverages, chat. Um, there's gonna be no merch at this. Um, there will be nothing. Um, just get together, hang out, talk about soccer, talk about Minnesota United, talk about your lives, things like that. And then if you I mean if you want to stick around, Black Stack Brewing is gonna have the game on on their big screen. It's it's a they have a big wall. It's a pretty cool setup to watch the game. Um, if you want to go to your regular SG watch party at Blackheart. Uh, or Iron Door, you certainly can. Um, I know Malcolm Yards, which is where t e normally watches games, is closed, uh, or closes early, or will not be open for the game. So I think a lot of the uh, T&E folks will be sticking around Blackstack. And so you're welcome to stick around, watch the game. Um, but you, if you want to go to like, Black Blackheart or Iron Door, um, those places, I know for sure Blackheart, I'm not like, 99% sure Iron Door will still have their watch party as well. This is just an opportunity to get together a little bit before the game. Um, and chat, and just sort of hang out, um, you know, as soccer supporters, um, without sort of any regular affiliation. So that's kind of the reason for that. Uh, so yeah, so for check that floaters out. If like fun. me. What's that?
2: For floaters like me.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you can learn more. Um, like I said, there, there will be no merch, no scarves, on anything like that. It's just gonna be a chance to get together um, and talk, uh, and talk soccer. So uh,
1: speaking of talking I, soccer. I, I, for one, am really happy about more inter sg social events i think that's just good for communication it's good for morale yep they're i mean i I, you know as we
0: talked about with the shirt um the shirt is a is a supporter it's an sg branded shirt it's not a wonderwall branded shirt the for for the tifo Mm -hmm. that was the first thing and then yeah i think the idea is to do more of these um to to you know we don't we don't bring our affiliations to the door we just bring our, our soccer loving selves to the door so um, that's kind of what this, uh, you know, what I believe this to be. So if that sounds cool, um, check it out. Black Stack Brewing has really good beer. They have really good NA options as well. So um, definitely check it out. And if you want to go you know, swing by Blackheart afterwards, um, Blackheart will be showing the game in the back room. Um, I assume Iron Door will, will be showing the game as well. So it's from 6 to 8 on Saturday. And then again, they'll be showing the game if you want to just hang out at Blackstack. That's also pretty cool too. So uh, speaking of supporters getting together, Zarek Valentin, Wednesday at Urban Growler. Um, we had this, this kind of came together pretty quickly um, with the front office of the team. Um, Zarek uh, really wants to get to know the supporters. If, if you're not familiar with his work in um, Houston, um, but specifically in Portland, uh, he's very engaged with uh, with supporters and with supporter groups. Um, he's done some, lots of fundraising, uh, raised- Oh, I'll engage money. him for uh, uh pride uh for pride month for for the both organizations um with there was a i believe it was the, when the power outage happened in uh texas a couple years ago him and um i can't remember, i think was it he was it was a former Luna, was a mason toy anyways they got together and raised a ton of money um to for to donate to food shelves um because people you know obviously lost power so they lost um, you know their ability to keep stuff cold and things like that, and so he's just a really engaged player, and he wants to do really cool stuff with us. Uh, not at liberty to talk about what we had talked about, you know, sort of in, in a in a leadership meeting, but then he stuck around for an hour afterwards and hung out with people. Um, like I said, we 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 the Wonderwall, and we apologize for it being such short notice. It kind of came together, you know, after the game over the weekend, and hopefully we're going to do more things like this, and we'll have a little more notice. Um, and, uh, that players that, you know, we can get players and, or front office people to come and just sort of hang out and, and, you know, in a, in a less formal situation, not on a game day so that you can actually like have a conversation with somebody and spend more than two minutes, you know, talking in the, uh, in the concourse of at Alliance uh, field. So hopefully this is not the last, this will hopefully just be the first in a series of, of these sort of things. And I think there's gonna be some really cool stuff that's coming out of this, um, meeting with, uh, Zarek
1: as well. Question. So Minnesota Aurora also had a merch pop-up that same day at Urban Growler. Yes. Was, uh, I see the connection person as being uh, Mel from both the Wonderwall board. And totally, R- un- un- totally unconnected. So the MJ and on Slack is all about like, Mel made sure that she didn't have to go to two different places on Wednesday night. She just had to like, oh, oh go support Aurora at urban growler and stay for you know a wonder wall thing also i can, at I can urban guarantee Raller. you
0: the, that mj and i can go fuck right off because they were unconnected so mel had nothing nothing to do with the location no, no 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 uh no absolutely not so uh all right and then uh this coming friday april 21st uh there's an earth day cleanup right mj
1: yeah so earth day cleanup for the it was the supporters groups then ministry united kind of took it over and now Mr. united i like the direction they are announcing it in partnership with the supporter groups uh just reminding people that we started this whole thing uh and, for the we have, for and, the hamlin midway area
0: and dgs and uh the the, the do good shit uh or nonprofit organization or do good right. stuff, I think is what they're actually
1: technically called. But we it's all it's do good shit. So it's do good shit. we yeah. everybody who knows DGS knows it's do good shit, but sometimes we have to sanitize it for the virgin ears in the crowd. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So if you want to sign up,
0: I believe there's morning and afternoon shifts. Uh check out the socials for the team,
1: um, the SGs. Uh it is on day. Friday, it's a work day, but what a better excuse to take a day off and help clean up the neighborhood?
0: Yeah. And uh, if you want to come hang out at the Blackheart after your morning shift, we're going to be watching the Hamburg Derby uh, starting at 1130 at Blackheart. So check it out. Uh, Same cool, Folly, right.
1: This is Hamburger. Rah, rah, rah. <laughs> one Saloon, MJ. Take it, take it away. Two One Saloons this week. First One Saloon is Chase Gasper, who was released by LA Galaxy and has found a home with Houston. So congrats to once saloon Chase Gasper for getting to pay, play some more soccer. And also, uh, Mo Saeed started today for uh, Trelleborg and Sweden in the second division and got an assist. So always nice to see that guy being productive, starting, having fun, being in Sweden.
0: I, I will say, though, if you are playing soccer in Houston um, in front of no fans, are you are you really playing soccer?
1: It's the I think uh, a timeless philosophical question that needs to be asked. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, let's talk some uh,
0: lower league soccer Let's start with Minneapolis City. MJ,
1: take it away again. Just a couple pros in the pros. Uh, Former goalkeeper Martin Sanchez was on the bench for Ford Madison in their U.S. Open Cup game, which they unfortunately lost to Chicago House. Or if you are rooting for the underdog, the amateur non-paid players on Chicago House upset Ford Madison in USL League One. So uh, that winner, Chicago House will now play a Chicago Derby with Chicago Fire. But it was good to see Martin Sanchez, even though he didn't get any playing time. Shipman is their starting goalkeeper in Madison, but it's nice that he has a he has a home. And also, once a crow, Herbert Endley grew up in Blaine, went to Tino Grace High School. He scores the game winning goal for North Texas against the Twoons uh, to hand the Minnesota United FC two their first loss.
0: Cool. Uh, and the Gophers played, the Gopher women played a friendly with St. Thomas this past weekend.
1: Yeah. Uh, originally, Iowa State was supposed to make the trip. Due to weather, they decided not to make the trip. I don't know why they didn't want to come up here and play in 34, 36 degree weather, but they chose not to do that. And due to winds and other weather concern, they decided to move it indoors where there just isn't a lot of space for spectators. There there are no stands in the Larson Football Performance Center, uh, mostly an American football field. And because of the field, it was just a lot smaller playing surface. Both teams agreed to do 10 v 10 rather than 11 v 11. So both teams' solution to this was basically to play three at the back. Uh, It was entertaining. There were goals scored. First half goals from Gopher Sophia Bowman and new 17-year-old uh, Brooklyn Park native uh, Champlain Park High School star, former Minnesota high school class AAA, Ms. Soccer, uh, All-American, all that. Uh, Paige Kalal scores later in the, in the first half, and she looked really, really good and really dangerous, and it's going to be fun to see if she can be as dominant in uh, versus big 10 talent. Uh, Second half goals for St. Thomas gets on the board with Mariah win. So that was fun to see as an Aurora supporter. And then uh, Sophia Bowman for the Gophers scores again, the Gophers win three, one, but every time I see one of these friendlies, it's always cool to see St. Thomas get better and better and kind of close that gap. Both. Aurora players Mariah Wynn for St. Thomas and Yelena Zabilich for the Gophers. Got significant playing time. Both look strong on the ball. Uh, and Zabilich sporting a teal headband and teal boots on brand is what I have to say about that. Um, huge thanks to Matt Provatsky for the Grey Duck Seltzers pregame. And for St. Thomas parents Joey and Crystal Wynn. And Gopher parents Annie and Andy Beaton for letting me socialize with them and talk about their daughters.
0: Awesome. Go for soccer season. We'll be we'll be here before you know it. Honestly. Um, all right, Minnesota Aurora. They announced uh, USLW a new playoff format, um, expanding from eight teams to sixteen teams, uh, four teams from each of the conferences. That's the
1: Eastern Conference. MJ, how's that going to break down for us here in the Central? In the Central div- Conference, we have three divisions. So there will be the winner of the Great Lakes Division, the winner of the Heartland Division, that Minnesota Aurora and and the winner of the Valley division will all get automatic burst. And then there will be a wild card for the next best team in the central conference. Cool.
0: Uh, they announced dates too. July 6th and 9th will be uh, the round of uh, 16 and quarterfinals. Um, presumably those will be hosted probably in one locate, you know, um, you know, one, one location for four teams. I would imagine um, <clears throat> July 14th and through the 16th, uh, is when the semifinals will be hosted. And then July 21st through the 23rd, at some point there, um, in those three days, the final will be played. Um, I think I'm assuming like last year, it's going to have to be bidded on, bid on by the teams that are in it, whoever wants to host it. Um, I know, like I said, I would assume that if Aurora is in it, they will bid for it and probably have a good chance of hosting just because they have the best facilities <laughs> of any of the USLW teams in, in the, in the, in the. In the country so um, hopefully they get either that heartland division bid or the wild card and i would assume that said aurora probably would host um for sure their own 16 quarterfinals and probably semifinals and final if they get if they get there so uh all right aurora
1: also announced some new players mj yeah three new players this week uh kylie olson a defender from utah state she joins fellow utah state players addy uh formerly simmons now weichers so Addie Weichers and Kelsey Kafusi, um, all really good defensive or defensive midfield players. So looking to bolster that defense with uh, some Utah State trio now. And they added midfielder Lydia Rupert, returning from last year. She grew up in Minneapolis, went to Washburn High School, and played one year with the Minnesota Gophers. And maybe most impressively, center back and Dominic Republican uh U-20 national team player Paula Tein. Uh she played youth soccer with Santa Fe FC in Santo Domingo on the um in Dominican Republic and is currently playing at Iowa Lakes Community College, less than 10 miles from the Minnesota border, I'll have you. Uh and uh she just turned 19 on Saturday, April 15th. Uh, she looks good. She looks young, a little raw, but it, it's going to be fun to see her on. the She's going to get playing that.
0: Uh, all right. If you want to get some uh, revanchulent chant practice, if you want to learn the chants, uh, learn some of the new songs. I know I was on the train with Mel a couple of weeks ago and she was going through and, and looking at songs and, and putting getting new songs sort of into the rotation uh, Wednesday, this coming Wednesday at 7 p.m. at Blackheart. Uh, there's going to be revanchal chant, chant practice, I'm assuming, in the back room. Uh, come hang out, have some beverages, and uh, learn some of their revanchalit songs. Uh, and then Saturday, April 22nd, uh, they are doing, revanchalit is doing their Earth Day cleanup um, at Frogtown Park and Farm, um, just uh, not, not too far from the Hamma Midway, um, just a little further east of uh, east of, of us. And then we'll be doing some social time at the Blackheart afterwards. That starts at 9 a.m., goes to 11.30. Uh, I'll say two. I'm not sure. I assume it it would be the same with Revanchula, but the the cleanup that they're doing with for Minnesota on Friday, um, there will be gloves and bags and stuff will be provided as well. And I assume it would be the same thing for the Revanchula one on Saturday morning as well. So if you can't make it, if you can't get off work on a Friday, uh, go hang out on a Saturday and help out um, clean up uh, the St. Paul
1: neighborhoods. It'd be super awesome. And I just want to say for anyone interested in doing this, both groups are looking to get estimations of numbers. So please don't just randomly show up. Go to social media, find the sign up sheet, sign up, let them know, "Hey, yeah, I want to help clean up the neighborhood." Right on.
0: Uh and then finally some more Aurora news. Hannah Adler, uh Aurora player, uh played for the US in the World Beach Games. Um MJ, you have the maybe a little bit more about how she did.
1: Yeah, so these are warm-up games ahead of the Connecticut Beach Soccer Championship. Hannah Adler scores in both the U.S. 5-4 win over Bahamas and scores a goal in the 5-2 win over Mexico. Excuse me, ex- Mexico. Uh, U.S. beach soccer looking strong. If you've never watched beach soccer before, it's a little weird because running on sand is slow. It's, it's kind of the worst.
2: It's like taking my own personal worst and making it worster by putting <laughs> sand under your feet. Like this, No. I just brow furrow and move on. I'm my triangle of sadness can't take.
1: Anyway, it's tough to run on sand. So everything kind of slows down. It's hard to pass on sand. So you see a lot more balls in the air and the ability to play and catch and shoot or head balls in the air becomes a little bit more important. And also being in kind of a good position since you're not going to like just run after the ball and get, get to it already being somewhere and having accurate passes, not to space, but right at people becomes really important. Hannah looks good. I assume that, uh, the Aurora contract allows her to be in the Concacat beach soccer championships in Bahamas, May 8th through the 14th. And she will miss those, uh, first few games with Aurora, but it will be exciting once she comes in and, uh, joins that roster. Um, And also the top two teams in the CONCACAF Beach Soccer Championship will qualify for the FIFA Beach Soccer World Cup uh, in for whatever reason in fucking Dubai in the UAE in November. (laughs) I I just
2: want to know that they're playing Highway to the Danger Zone throughout the entire thing.
0: (laughs) Uh, Playing with the boys, Jess. It's it's a
1: play with the boys. Oh, um, excuse me. My
2: fault. My fault playing with yeah.
1: the boys. No wonder I didn't get it. <laughs> no, your Top Gun soundtrack, everyone. Yeah. Uh,
0: Alright, so that's very good. Let's talk uh, upcoming match. Loons at Sounders as I mentioned, this coming Saturday the 22nd at 9.30 our time. Uh, the, the Sounders who, you know, up until uh, this past weekend were probably, you know, the best team in the league, um, just got the shit kicked out of them by Portland, 4-1 to one, um, up in, uh, in Portland, so not uh, not a great look for Brian Schmetzer and the Seattle Sounders, especially. After he looks Portland salty just, as fuck. Yeah, especially after Portland just lost Eric Williamson uh, for the season with uh, uh, with knee surgery. So um, maybe this is the wake up call Portland needed, or maybe it's the wake up call the Sounders need because I assume that they're going to come back home and kick the shit out of Minnesota. So um and jess we had a so you know i as i mentioned this before we have a little pickem pool thing that uh that i'm in that i i started and running with jess and colin o'donnell and dan wade and uh stephen wank a few other people are in it very small but we're picking four games each week um jess you actually had a really goddamn good week this week
2: i did um,
0: everybody else did not um uh, but you predicted portland to win this game um and made a shit ton of money on that so good job Ballin. All right. Uh so who do we need to uh look out for from Seattle? Um MJ,
1: what's uh let's start with you? I'm gonna start on the back line. On who we don't need to look out for is most of their back line. <laughs> In particular, the Alex Dan is played out of position at right fullback. He is a midfielder, he is not a fullback. We should attack that fucker, uh, send bongi at him and see what he can do. Uh and uh but on the right hand side, their uh our right hand side, their left fullback is uh Nuhu Tolo, and he's pretty solid. He's not fast. But he's that dude solid. shut
0: down Mo Salah um in the uh AFCON and in the
1: uh um World Cup qualifier. So he's he's legit. Um also on the defensive side, their number six, Jao Paulo, Uh they're apparent to Ozzy, in the lore of grade sixes to play for the Seattle Sounders, um, he's a pretty good six, right, David? He is very good. I think we got into an argument once over who is the better six um, in the in the league. You know, and and you won. So
0: <laughs> yes, Jao Paulo is very very good. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's good the defense. I'll say you know in terms of the offense, obviously Jordan Morris is the current Golden Boot leader um he plays so uh seattle typically plays a 4-2-3-1 um and morris is typically on the right hand side uh with nico ladero playing in that sort of 10 role um where's the number 10 uh and then um you know i think you raul rey diaz is also someone who um a you know whole peruvian, leather face yeah whole leather face uh peruvian guy who just scores a shit ton of goals so um they are, they're a formidable team. They obviously, you know, they won the CONCACAF uh, Champions League last year and then really fell off, missed the playoffs in in MLS, which for the first time, and I want to say their history as an MLS team, um, they missed the playoffs. So they come out um, guns a blazing. Um, Stefan Fry, their goalkeeper is arguably sometime, you know, give or take one of the best goalkeepers in MLS. I don't think he is right now, but for a while there, he was one of the best goalkeepers in MLS for a good solid four or five years, he had a holler of a game against Portland, um, that, you know, so I I can't imagine that Seattle is going to come out and play like they did against Portland, um, against us, especially at home, um, a team we've, a team we've never beaten in their, uh, their facility, we've never beaten Seattle in Seattle so oh really yep there's a few teams that we've never beaten in, in their in their park and seattle is. Well, one we of
1: crossed team. off dick sporting good park this year did, so there's yeah. hope that we could yes. cross off another one we this did. year
0: uh we shall see i mean it wasn't too long ago we had a lead in seattle in they like the 78th minute and then we finished ship the <laughs> bet on that one so um lots of really good players portland or sorry seattle has um uh, you know, their bench isn't super deep, um, especially with some of their players out injured. So, you know, there's an opportunity here for for Minnesota. I'm imagining, so let's talk about how Minnesota should play um, Seattle. I think you're going to see a very, a lot, you know, similar to what we saw at the beginning of the season, where it's, they're going to be a team, Minnesota's going to be a team that concedes a vast, vast, vast majority of possession um, and wants to hit on the counter. So, you know, ideally, we get Songbin um, up to being able to play 65 to 70 minutes, not 50 minutes um, of aggressive soccer. Um, or, you know, or he comes out, you, you know, maybe you start Frogapane um and you bring in uh, Songbin Zhang at halftime for a, a change of pace. But I don't know, MJ, Jess, do you guys have any thoughts on um, other than... <laughs> finishing our, our shots, which probably will be helpful, um, in terms of, uh, playing, playing Seattle.
1: Yeah. More on the
0: shots. Left. Sorry, Jess, what was that?
2: More shots. More,
0: more shots. strikes. Yeah. Take them uh, all. On, on frame. Let's put it that way. Let's, let's add that caveat too.
2: Uh, I'm not picky. I mean, if, if more happen, then more will be on frame, right? Statistically.
1: We actually sent a lot of shots at on goal last game and just hit Galece. So they were they on, frame, were on but goalie missing, missing the goalkeeper. I, we, we need to attack down to the left. I don't think we'll be as successful as attacking down the right or the middle. That's not to say we shouldn't try to do that just to mix it up and not be a one trick pony, but attack on the left, please don't cross. Don't, don't try to cross. I don't want to see Kamal Lawrence crossing the ball in from the left hand side. Just, you know, good diagonal passes, create passes on the pitch And, yeah, cross every once in a while. But, like, great good passes on the pitch, for crying out loud.
0: I would actually like to see Zarek Valentin start this game ahead of D.J. Mm -hmm. Taylor. Um, He knows Portland, or he knows Seattle from all of his time in Portland. Um, And I think in terms of attack, um, if you are going to try and attack on the right-hand side, I think he's a better um, option in terms of passer than DJ Taylor is DJ Taylor is probably a better defender, just, you know,
2: pound
0: for pound. Yeah. Shot, stopper, defender. But I think the, what you get in offense from Zarek Valentin um, makes up for, and I, you know, the, the problem is, you know, on that um, if you start uh, Valentin on that right-hand side, um, the left-hand side of, of, Seattle or of Seattle is not as formidable as the right hand side right if you have Jordan Morris um on the right hand side that dude is fast as shit. um and so I kind of want you know to your point MJ I don't want kamar Lawrence getting too much into the attack and crossing I nope. want him setting back and and absorbing pressure that allows I think allows Valentine or Taylor whomever is on the right to maybe get a little more involved and into and, to, and hit some switches um changing changing the field a little bit um that's maybe where you can get the left where you can get the left back whether it's kamar lawrence or if you put valentine on the right and dj taylor on the left um you could maybe get him involved but i really don't want whoever that left back is i don't want them pushing forward too much
1: let let ariaga and and bongi and sangbin or whoever like let them attack on the left don't don't send kamar lawrence up there right exactly exactly so cool uh
0: all right That is Seattle. How do we think we're going to do? Jess, let's start with you.
2: Well, I'm feeling, I don't know, just particularly positive. And I feel like, I don't know why, but I chose to use St. Louis City as some sort of um, barometer when comparing the two teams. So Sounders beat St. Louis, we did not.
1: Okay. We beat St. Louis. We did. Yep.
2: Yeah, we did. One to nothing. <laughs> oh,
1: and they Saunders played the did, like... did not because we gave we handed St. Louis their first loss.
2: Oh, that's right. Okay, so I don't know. My I'm nonsense. I just say we draw one one.
0: All right, MJ. We
1: lose three to nothing. <laughs>
0: I think it's. I think you're more right
1: than than
2: uh, than Jess.
0: I you know, MJ. I think it, I think we score a goal. I think uh, I think Sungbin gets his first
1: um, MLS goal. Ooh! But uh, we lose three to one. So <clears throat> there is some really good Korean food in Seattle. Wait, there you go. Maybe that will fuel him. There you go.
0: Yeah, I think it's a three-one loss for for Minnesota. Uh, I mean, I'd be very pleasantly surprised if they win um I just don't I just don't see it so uh all right so Jess has got a draw um MJ and I have uh losses of the getting your butt kicked variety so uh all right anything else um from the world of soccer we want to add I'll just I'll throw this out there Ragnar scored his first goal as a soccer player on Saturday Go, Ragnar! Yeah, it was the first goal of his game, and it was through, like, four defenders and standing in front of the goal. Uh, he put it in the bottom right corner. It was, he kind of, like, did a spin move and did it and scored, and it was awesome. He was very excited. And then he uh, he played goalie and got, like, had, like, four saves, too, so it was very cool. Um, chip off the old... <laughs> something like that, yeah. Chip off the old. <laughs> The word you're looking for, just is blockhead. block blockhead. <laughs> yeah, so it was very, it was very cool. Um, and yeah, he will have make it in no time. He played all of last year, didn't come close to scoring. He played in the fall and didn't really come close to scoring. So, all right, yeah, so it was very, it was very long fun time fun coming to see him to get a goal and and kind of look, kind of understand what the hell he's doing out there. He kind of like knows to run towards the goal when the other when his teammates have the ball and. There was a couple times where he, he kind of was coming at the wrong goal. He was attacking his own goal. Um, you have to just tell him to turn around. And eventually, he <laughs> figured it out. So yeah. Uh, did he score he did an no, own goal though? He did not score an own goal. No, he did not oh, well, give up an own goal. No. so
1: Or scores. So score, So I could probably learn something from him then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So,
0: all right. Well, hopefully this thing recorded properly. Uh, we had some technical difficulties earlier and so, um, we had to hopefully record this in two pieces so if you're hearing brought to you by twin stars fc if you're hearing this uh it worked if you're not hearing this then fuck you whatever (laughs) Um, all right so please rate review the podcast wherever you get it uh patreon.com slash dave's i know uh tdik on twitter i'm at texas lr mj is at mj matsui and just and as always, that Jessica, 144083. 4 we're 2. Um, all right. We've been the Davies You Know. This is I know.
2: know. Have
1: got to try and work it out. Because we both know we can't do nothing at all. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Oh, 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 oh. We did. Uh, we, we do our thing, son. Long as you do yours, land here, become free, con. Yeah. Uh, we we yeah. do our thing, son. Who the act we attract to, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, Do it. Do it. We, we, we do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. Uh, we, we, we do our thing, son. I, I can know we can't do nothing at all.